Hey guys, welcome to my show today. Today is my very first Sports Saturday edition. Uh, for those of you that have been following the show, you know on Fridays and Saturdays I've been trying to do something a little bit different during the pandemic, something a little lighter, something a little easier to listen to in your background as you drive or whenever you listen. So today's episode is actually an episode from a new podcast, the Going for Two podcast by Ben and Logan. In my opinion, they are the next Mike and Mike. So Ben and Logan have a guest. They talk some baseball. They talk some other sports as well. So I encourage you to listen to their podcasts. It is called the Going for Two podcast. You can get it now on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple. And also they have a YouTube show as well. So uh, hope you enjoy this episode and have a great weekend. All right. Thanks. Andy out. Welcome to the Going for Two podcast, a podcast with hosts that are not afraid to have more entertaining guests than hosts. Uh, I'm one of those hosts, Ben Cobb, joined today by the other one and only Logan Sartain. And Logan, we're not alone today, are we? We are not. We are pleased to be joined by the one and only Daniel Zapeta, uh, a friend of ours from ACU, a fellow Wildcat. And uh, Daniel is, um, he's a Houston guy. He's a big uh, Astros, um, Rockets, Texans fan. Am I right, Daniel? Oh, yeah. All three fronts. Correct. There we go. And Daniel is currently a reporter for the Temple Daily Telegram. So we have a legit journalist on the podcast. How does, this is awesome. what are we doing? Ben, is this, is this a real thing? Or this is unprecedented. Still- this is like the the past five minutes we have just made that leap as a podcast from bringing on just friends and family to now we're getting into the sports media world as we know it. So this is a big deal for us. So Ben, when we well, had I don't a know last... how I don't know how uh, I don't know how much you guys want to use around the, uh, the legitimate term <laughs> for a reporter, but uh, I'll take it. Appreciate it, guys. <laughs> Well, Ben, when we had our last guest on, uh, and Daniel, for your information, that was uh, Selvin, uh, another ACU alum, and um, I forgot to do something that I wanted to do. I wanted to admit something to every one of our guests. So to Selvin, if you're listening to this episode, I'm going to admit to you that uh, my brother can't pronounce your name, and he calls you Sullivan. (laughs) So there's that. And nice. Daniel, I got to admit to you that I was always a little bit jealous of you when I just feel like you knew the inner workings of the JMC department and then you had like a, a tight knit relationship with Barb. And I just felt like, man, you, you like kind of saw behind the curtain. So give, what was that like? Oh, Barb. Oh man. I miss her. <laughs> Barb is such a sweetheart. Um, for those of you who don't know, Barb was kind of the um, journalism um, Kind of the, uh, the the main assistant, I guess. She was the assistant to the uh, department chair. And uh, I think she's still over there, but she's just such a sweetheart. Um, I got to spend, 
I believe maybe a year and a half, maybe two years. It's, it's been a while. Um, just working for her and kind of, you know, running errands, working part-time, helping out her. Um, and she, she was so awesome. Um, she was just so easy to work with. She was always there with, a, you know, a positive, um, whatever you needed. So you really couldn't have asked for a better boss. But um, as far as seeing behind the curtain, as you said, um, I, I saw some things, you know, I got to, uh, got to be around uh, Dr. Bacon, who was the department chair at the time. Um, Kenneth Pipus is now the department chair, and he's doing a fantastic job over there. Um, but I got to see some stuff. Um, don't really have any crazy stories. I guess the coolest part of that would be um, a couple of times um, each semester, I would have to do a little bit of filing, which doesn't sound <laughs> exciting at all when you just say it like that. Um, but the cool thing was it was for um, the internships. Now, Logan, I don't know okay. if you remember, but you know, when we had to do our internships, we kind of had to do a um, kind of a PowerPoint, I believe. I think I did a PowerPoint. And I think that mm -hmm. was the thing most of them went with. So you, you kind of see the PowerPoint, then you kind of see a, uh, a journal of um, what the internships of these students, what that entailed and what they had to do. So kind of seeing all the different backgrounds and seeing all the different avenues as far as internships that a lot of our uh, JMC uh, students went through was really exciting. So, you know, some really cool ones, some ones that you wouldn't think would really qualify as JMC, but it did have an aspect to it. Uh, it was really cool. So that was probably one of the more uh, cooler things that I remember from that. But just overall, Barb was so amazing. Um, I, I definitely spent enough time in the JMC building to feel like I, I should definitely have a statue outside there. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, no one, no one will return my calls on that, but uh, we'll, uh, we'll see how that goes. But ACU, man, gotta love it. Uh, miss it. A lot of times I wish I could go back. It feels like life was a lot easier back then. Definitely wasn't the coronavirus then. So uh, there's oh, for that. Sure. For sure. So that's a, that's a great segue into kind of what we want to talk about today. And um, I feel like you can't talk sports in this day and age without mentioning the coronavirus and its impact. And but before we get into that, the, if we hadn't had all that, what we would probably be talking about right now in the heat of baseball season is, is the Astros coming fresh off of their, their cheating scandal. So tell me, as an Astros fan, as a you know, quote-unquote legitimate reporter, is this, was that a big deal, no big deal, somewhere in between? What are you thinking? Well, the fan in me has always kind of leaned more towards, you know, hey, it's it's kind of naive to think that this doesn't go on across the board in some some level or another um, throughout all uh, major league franchises. Um, the Astros just you know maybe they they did a little better, did a little more extensively, and uh, for that you know kind of put themselves out there a little bit more um, to get caught eventually. So mm -hmm. part of me thinks that hey it's not that big of a deal. Let's just move on. Um, I think a lot of people feel that way. You know hey let's move on. Um, it's harder to do that now because we're still not playing games. Um, but, right. you know, that's my biggest thing on it. And then I also see from the other side, you know, it's um, if you're if you're a franchise that, you know, because of the Astro success, you weren't able to, you know, reach the, the, the top that you felt your team was capable um, during that season, then I can really understand your frustration. Um, you got the Yankees, you got the Dodgers, um, you know, the Red Sox, um, you know, Astros, you know, they, they beat a lot of good teams in their run to the championship and then that year after. Um, so it's, I can definitely see it from other ends, but 
all in all, you know, my, my hopefully unbiased opinion is that, you know, I really feel like if Major League Baseball wants to take a crack at this, then they're really going to have to widen their scope. You know, the Yankees and Red Sox have been mentioned through this. You've already had several managers um, be hired and fired because of this. You know, Carlos Beltran with the New York Mets, um, you know, he, he didn't even get to manage a single game before this kind of um, went at him and they just let him go just because of his connection. So I, I feel like if we really want to give it the full attempt needs, then we do need to widen our scope and, you know, really see how we can affect this. Um, but I mean, I, I think right now it's easy because everyone can point at the Astros with their success and, you know, it, it's easy to have one villain than just to say it's a, it's a universal problem. So we'll see what happens. Um, I'm eager to just get the games going again, honestly, like a lot of fans. Right. Um, and we'll see where it goes from there. Daniel, I'm interested, um, you know, you're talking about how this happens in sports sometimes. And usually it's just the people that are caught that are punished. But a lot of the time it, there are other teams or, or players that are uh, participating in, you know, cheating or a competitive edge, if you want to put it that way. How does this compare to some of the other sort of cheating scandals that we've seen in other sports? So, for example, the Patriots and the NFL with Spygate and then doping scandals in uh, biking, you know, with kind of some of those other big name cheating uh, media scandals. How does this fit into that? Is it kind of top of the list, bottom of the list? Doesn't really compare to that. What, what's your thought on that? Well, I don't think it's the bottom of the list. I mean, this is a very, you know, this has become something that has affected a lot of teams, a lot of players, um, you know, front offices, um, the whole movement in baseball to go from you know your your traditional you know scouting players you know you see you can hear how a player hits the ball the crack of the bat you know th those kind of traditional scouting all of that's been changed you know the game has really moved to the analytical side um, where you look at the data you look at uh, the representation and you really kind of gauge from that point you know um, 20 years ago even uh, you know, walks were not considered as good of hits, as good as hits, I should say, even though it's the same result for the most part. Um, so again, you know, as an Astros fan, I would like to be able just to like sweep this all under the rug and say, oh, it's not a big deal. This isn't something we need to worry about. Let's just move on. But I mean, it is a big deal. I mean, you've mm -hmm. seen a lot of displeasure from a lot of organizations, a lot of fans, a lot of players um, who think that this needs to be addressed. And they're, they're absolutely right. Um, but like I said, I think we need to widen the scope but to answer your question, as far as how it stacks up with other scandals, um, I would definitely say it's up there. Uh, I don't know if it's as impactful as, you know, you know, Lance Armstrong and, you know, the Tour de France, all of his titles with that. Um, Deflategate, I, I never really thought Deflategate was, it was a huge deal. I know Tom Brady, you know, I was, what, a four-game a four game suspension. <laughs> Um, but then usually I'm just kind of an easygoing guy. I'm more of like, uh, well, you know, let's just, let's just move on, you know. But but there are certain things where you do need to take a take a step back and say, hey, no, this is a problem. If we don't address this, it's only going to get worse. And we're trying to keep the game competitive and even all across the board. So while I think a lot of teams are using um, not just analytics, but you know, for lack of a better word, I guess some form of spying some form of you know what's been classified as cheating um you know stealing video stuff like that i think it's just 
we need to make it where you can do X, Y, and Z, and that's that's you know easily pointed out, and it's easily um, a, a bar is set where hey, this is what you can do, this is what you can't do, um, or we just need to get rid of it all together. Um, just just like I said, make it even. But as far as how it stacks up, I would I, I think it's up there. Um, I don't think it's it's gonna revolutionize or change the game. Um, I don't think it's steroids or anything like that. But at the same time, that's the risk is just thinking that this is nothing and then no changes get made. Mm -hmm. So let's let the inner Astro fan and you take a breath and let's look at this season. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, new manager, new GM, uh, no trash cans, no cameras in the wrong places. Are the Astros a good baseball team? When are they a contender? Are they a playoff team? Do they win? Uh, how how far do they go? Given that oh, we have sure. a season, right? Well, that's the big question right now. I mean, everyone's talking about you know maybe starting up in July. Um, I think mm-hmm. they were talking about even bringing all the teams to uh, what New Mexico and Arizona, and just just trying to have everyone kind of play their normal games there at spring training games. Um, but but for sure, the Astros are a great organization. Um, I'm I'm trying to be unbiased here. Um, but uh, what, what makes the 2017 scandal as it's um, so gut-wrenching is that the Astros had a fantastic team. Um, it, it's still kind of unbeknownst to me why they would, why they would rely on something like that. Uh, you know, you look at that lineup from top to bottom, just so many great hitters, not really a, a weak spot where you could, you know, really attack. I mean, they, they could rally at any point. Uh, the starting pitching was fantastic um, in the playoffs. You know, we got bullpen uh, guys in the bullpen stepping up when they needed to. So, I mean, the to beat the Dodgers, um, who, who every year here lately, it seems like they just have a fantastic team. To beat them um, what was amazing. Uh, and, again, that's what makes it so hard is that I feel like the Astros were the best team in baseball that year. Um, and now to have it, you know, as an asterisk, it just really hurts. It just feels like there was no need for it. Um, as far as this coming year goes, um, you know, I really don't feel like the past two years since that championship that they've taken uh, a down road. Um, you know, we, we they still have your big guys. You still got uh, Carlos Correa shortstop. You still got Jose Altuve, you know, the batting champ, you know, almost every year at second base. Alex Bregman, you know, hate him or love him. He's got the attitude. He's got the swag. Um, but, I mean, he's one of the best third basemen, if not one of the best players in all the league. And then, you know, in the outfield, Michael Brantley, he'll get on base. Uh, George Springer, you know, he has a good year. He could probably hit 40 home runs in a year. Uh, and then their uh, starting pitcher, you got Justin Verlander. Uh, Garrett Cole had to shave off the uh, the old beard, um, but he's headed to uh, New York for the Yankees. So that was a uh, – that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, but we still got Zach Greinke, and, um, you know, the pitching's still solid. So – I definitely think they're going to be competitive. I think they can uh, win the AL West. I think they can definitely make it to the uh, ALCS. Um, I don't want to say no problem because, I mean, you, you never know what's going to happen. Um, but I can see that. And then um, getting to the World Series, yeah, if you can you can get past the Yankees. But, man, that's going to be the true test, I think, is just the Yankees. They, they get their guys healthy, and that'll be a sight. Um, so, Hope for a a season first and foremost, and then you hope everyone stays safe and uh, healthy throughout the year. And um, yeah, let's just get the baseball rolling. Um, no asterisks this time. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, Dan, you, you had mentioned that getting the season rolling again, and I think you and every other baseball fan and probably sports fan wants that to happen. And uh, I think we're about to transition into this this conversation about what the season will look like uh, when and if it starts to roll out. Uh, but my main question, most important question of the night is, have you been watching any Korean baseball? <laughs> I've uh, I've definitely had enough free time on my hands uh, to venture into that, but I, I got to say I'm not I'm not on board with it just yet. Now, once once the you know ESPN Michael Jordan documentary The Last Dance kind of rolls out and finishes, which I think it only has one more week yeah, left this so. coming Sunday, mm-hmm. um, we'll see. I might uh, tune it on over um, <laughs> to see just to see some live sports because I, I really think that's all people want at this point you yeah. know it, at this point you know bowling um you know <laughs> washer boards you know uh cornhole yeah bowling, just just any competitive that you can put on a screen i think people are just going to eat up so uh, personally i haven't i haven't seen anything about it but uh, i keep seeing stuff on social media that uh, bat flips are a little more prominent in the oh. uh, the kbo oh, so that alone that, that alone may uh, may get my interest you know logan i had never thought we would be talking about the kbo on the going for two podcast but here we are <laughs> i knew it's, it so i just had a feeling <laughs> <laughs> so daniel you, you you said you haven't been watching korean baseball you've been watching the jordan documentary what else are, are you a fan of tiger king have you started any new shows watching old sports or the video game live streams what what's been your what's been your binge of choice lately well uh last time i checked i did have a pulse so that means i have seen tiger king so gotta <laughs> stay gotta stay relevant and seeing that but uh, there you yeah, go me and me and my wife we knocked that out i think you know maybe within the first week that it was out and that was yeah. that was definitely interesting to say the least um i'm uh I'm a big fan of going back and uh, rewatching old games. Um, okay. I used to have a, a pretty considerable collection of uh, games just on um, like those, I don't know, recordable DVDs, I guess, you know, you used to tape games back in the day. I kind of did that a little bit. Can't find them, but we've, uh, we've moved a couple of times. So I'm sure it got lost eventually somewhere, but I know ESPN, um, you know, they, they put out some of uh, Kobe Bryant's older games against the Celtics in the playoffs. So I've seen some of those. Oh. Uh, are you uh, are you a Dallas Maverick fan, Logan? I am. Uh, man, my NBA allegiance is is uh, not very doesn't run real real deep for Dallas. <laughs> my okay. I'd probably call myself more of a Spurs fan, but there hasn't been much to cheer okay. about lately. Well, that's okay. Y'all had the what last twenty? Yeah, yeah. To be happy, but uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I I mentioned that I saw uh, that was one of the games I watched recently was. Um, the Dallas Mavericks, Miami Heat, um, mm-hmm. NBA Finals game where uh, Dirk kind of leads them back there in the fourth quarter. So that was that was a good one. So stuff like that, um, I'm really interested in. I, I just like going back and watching old stuff. Um, as far as uh, regular TV, um, you know, I got to go with The Office, got to go with Parks and Recreation. Nice. Uh, those are pretty Solid. much – those are my main two pretty much um, – when friends was on netflix i I watched friends um as well so um stuff like that um and then i don't know how i'll get bored and you know even today um there's this new thing on uh, netflix the um i think it's called absurd planet it's it's essentially a uh a documentary about the 
earth and whatnot, but it's it's crazy. It's got like goofy hmm. added kind of makes it a little more entertaining. So it's it's you know, they're like fifteen minute episodes, so it's something to, you know, just play in the background. But yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm kind of open to anything and everything. I'm sure I will get to Korean baseball <laughs> sooner or later. Nice. So Daniel, let's take it back to Major League Baseball. Are we going to have a season this year? And if so, what is that going to look like? That's a good question. Um, I think most of Major League Baseball officials are, like other sports leagues, just really up in the air. Um, Nobody wants to be the league that comes back too quickly and something happens and then it's then kind of becomes the blueprint down the road of, hey, this is this is what not to do in a health crisis like this. UFC has had a lot of success. Um, you know, soccer is trying to come back as well. So there's there's little pockets of the sporting world that are still trying to to make it work. Uh, obviously, if baseball comes back, there's not going to be any fans. I think that's been kind of decided by all major sports leagues is that you just you can't really have fans. Um, if you do, um, it might be like the Korean baseball where um, you know you're you're just you're putting maybe a couple of people on an entire row of seats, um, which is, you know, really bizarre when you think about it. Um, But um, as far as when and where, um, I'm not sure. Um, When I know, I think the latest timetable is maybe we can get the season started in July. Um, So when typically, you know, the, uh, the, uh, you know, midsummer classic would be, um, you know, if you're looking at, you know, opening day which is again this this whole thing is just bizarre when you think about it not anywhere I think any one of us thought we would be this season um where I'm not sure I know at the beginning of uh, the show we talked about how you know they were talking about maybe bringing um all the teams to New Mexico and Arizona kind of like spring training and uh, maybe doing it like that um but I, I really don't know um you know a lot of there's just so much speculation when the data comes out and new information comes out, it adjusts everything from top to bottom. Um, and really kind of, you know, you, I think these leagues start to plan some kind of timeline and they try to make some kind of plan, but then, you know, if new information comes out, you know, that's almost scrapped. But um, the big news I think from a couple of days ago is that, um, Major League Baseball had this um, had a bunch of their employees tested um, for the uh, coronavirus coronavirus excuse me antibodies which if you have them it usually leads to you getting COVID-19. Um, in the study only 0.7% of their employees actually had the antibodies so I mean it's a remarkably low number. Um, the officials who led the study um, you know, the medical, in the medical field from a bunch of different universities, they were really stunned. They, they didn't think it would be very high, but at the same time, they didn't think it would be that low. Um, so that's definitely a positive, um, somewhere just a, a jumping off point. Um, so we'll see. I think the only thing set in stone is going to be whenever, uh, this thing does get kicked off and we do get sports back, you know, all across the board, baseball, basketball, football, maybe even, um, I don't think we're going to have fans. So it, that's definitely going to be different. Um, uh, kind of unprecedented times right now, unfortunately. Yeah. Daniel, this is kind of a, maybe an off the wall question. Um, and maybe shows that I didn't play baseball a ton growing up, but you know, the baseball season typically runs from spring until October, right? If it were to have a shifted schedule, 
how much could the baseball season go into the winter and how much would the weather affect that? Obviously there's, um, not all of them would have to play in that scenario, but let's say many of the teams were forced to play outside during the winter months. Would that be feasible and tenable? Well, if the, uh, if the Houston Astros and Texas Rangers got some, um, late November, early December games, I don't think they'd be complaining, you know, usually sweating, sweating their butts off uh, yeah. during the summer. Um, <laughs> the first thing that pops up to me is though, is your East coast teams. Uh, right now, you know, the Yankees, um, very feasible that they're going to be playing, um, you know, in, in the world series, even the, uh, ALCS, the Red Sox, you know, just there and a bunch of other teams that, you know, have a chance of getting into the playoffs. So you start talking about, extending the season um, to Christmas, which is what I've heard possibly, you know, making it to the week wow. before Christmas, even the week after Christmas, if we start um, in July, like the, like they're talking about, you know, you never know how the weather's going to be up there with the snow and the wind and everything else. And you've got, if you're playing in a, in a closed stadium, then yeah, obviously it's not a big deal. You can make it work, but you're playing a Yankee stadium. You're playing over at Fenway. Oh man. It's just, you, you have no idea what that weather's going to be like. And then, you know, if you get some really bad weather, you have to extend games, you have to postpone, then you're just drawing out the season even longer, um, which, you know, it's kind of mixed. There's been people who are okay with extending the season that far. There are people that are just like, nope, absolutely not. Baseball does not need to go that far. Um, but, you know, it's kind of like at this point, if that's the only option, you know, what do you do? Um, so, yeah, I, I think your, your teams in the South, um, you know, California is beautiful all year long, so that's not going to be a problem. But, you know, your, your Northern, especially East Coast teams, um, you're playing into December. Yeah, you're kind of playing with fire. You might, you might be great. Um, all you need is some hot chocolate, but uh, you might get a, a huge snowstorm as well. So, um, yeah, that would be the main thing that, would, that comes to mind when I think about the weather at that time. Um, so we'll see what happens. And, uh, yeah, it's just – I definitely know for sure Texas teams would not mind opening up the roof, uh, especially yeah. the Rangers with that new ballpark, you know, playing mm -hmm. some, some chillier games. So definitely be a nice change of pace. Definitely. So is that, that schedule, that timetable that puts baseball ending around the end of December, is that for a full length schedule? I believe so. Um, at, at this point, I think, you know, the latest is that, if things were to run, like, you know, not get any worse from here on out, um, that, yeah, the start of the season would be, um, I think, that first week or definitely early part of July. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, if they did that, um, it would probably be around December because you're looking at, what is that, quick math, under six, seven months, whereas, you know, you've got the typical start of baseball is in March, um, right. which runs into October. So that's, you know, seven months there. Um, so it's about the same length, um, but there's also been talk about, you know, um, maybe doing uh, seven inning double headers. So, you know, you try to get in one extra game, you know, you're losing a few innings, um, which some people are dead set against, um, kind of reverting to a little bit of uh, college and high school level there. But um, it, it just depends on what people are willing to sacrifice in order to get anything at this point. So, um, yeah, the double, the double headers there, um, you know, not allowing so much travel time, obviously in between games. Um, so just just things like that are really still up in the air. Um, 
and again, you know, it's just, you know, what are, what are people, what is the organizations, what is the league willing to do? Uh, Rob Manfred, what is he willing to kind of pull the trigger on in order to make sure that we get some kind of, you know, baseball this year? Um, Cause it, it just, uh, being in this limbo is definitely not helping, but right. what else are you going to do? I guess. So I heard that there has been a proposal that went from the owners now to the players for a uh, reduced schedule, uh, I believe an 82-game season. If that were to be the case starting in July, who does that benefit, if anybody? Does it benefit the, the teams that are, are maybe kind of mediocre um, being a shorter season? Like the Rangers last season had a really great start and then they fizzled out towards the end. Did, would they benefit from that? Or is it, do you look at teams with better hitting or worse pitching or vice versa? Who does a shorter schedule benefit? I think it definitely benefits the teams that, like you mentioned, are a little bit on the bubble. Um, so, you know, you look at their roster, they're, you're not expecting a World Series, but then again, you're not expecting to finish at the bottom of your division either. When you have a shorter season like that, um, automatically, you know, you, you get rid of the increased risk of having injuries just because of overuse. Um, so, yeah, your pitchers are going to benefit. Your bullpen is going to drastically um, benefit from that. Um, teams that are, you know, they've already got a strong roster. You know, they've probably got um, some guys that are going to have to get sent down to the lower levels, um, but they're capable of being on a profession, on a, uh, a major league roster those teams aren't going to really benefit or kind of gain any kind of leverage from that because they're already planning on being good. So, you know, whether they play 50 games or 250 games, I mean, you, you pretty much kind of know what you're going to get out of them, but the teams that are really kind of, you know, you're not sure what's going to happen. I think they're the ones that really could benefit from this, um, especially if they start the season strong out of the gate, you know, they, they get a good start through those first couple of months. Um, and then even, you know, kind of fizzle out a little bit. Um, you're hoping that the season is short enough to where any kind of, you know, lull, any kind of dip in performance isn't going to hurt you as much as it would when you're looking at, you know, 182 games there. So, or 62, excuse me. Um, so that's, that's what I would say. Um, I, I personally, even under normal times, think 162 games in a regular season is just too much. Um, I think we need to cut down a little bit um but that would definitely be interesting so we'll we'll see how that kind of unfolds and um yeah i i, I would just think that more of the mediocre teams that would benefit versus the the teams that are expected to kind of be there come later on in the season mm -hmm. well man ben i don't know about you but i think i've talked more baseball on this episode than i have probably in the last 10 years um, uh, yeah, that, that sounds about right. I hope our listeners <laughs> enjoyed that little peek into the mind of someone who actually knows a little bit of baseball. Uh, yes. But Daniel, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to leave you without this. Like, give us what's going on in in the Temple area. Do y'all call that? Is that Bell County? What What do you even call that Temple Belton uh, area of the of the state? Yeah, so it's uh, it's kind of known as just Central Texas generally, okay. uh, which is kind of you know goes all the way up to uh, to Waco and then out to um, you know Colleen West and uh, 
the town I live in, which is Copper's Cove, um, which is about 45 minutes west of Temple. Um, so just that whole area is kind of known as the Central Texas area. Um, a really good high school football, a lot of uh, talent there. Uh, really good high school baseball, really year in and year out. Um, Bell County is the is the county that uh, Temple, Belton, and Colleen are in. Um, so okay. that's our our main county that we service. We kind of keep up with all the news. Sports wise, man, it, it it's rough. There's just as you can imagine, there's just not a whole lot going around. Um, right now would really be our, our busiest time of the year. Um, in the oh, wow. spring, we've got, you know, um, you got boys and girls soccer, baseball, softball, uh, swimming, you gotta stay on top of, uh, powerlifting, uh, wrestling. Uh, so just a, a bunch of different things. Um, I think this past week would have been um, the state track and field meet in Austin, okay. um, which, is, which is a huge deal. Um, a lot of people are interested in that. So yeah, I mean, just to, Again, you know, back in March, had you had you told any of us that, you know, hey, this is going to be the last game you're going to cover um, probably for the rest of the year until, you know, high school football come August, uh, I would have definitely made us take a take a second to kind of enjoy it maybe a little bit more because um, as soon as it stopped, I mean, things really stopped. So um, a normal day is, you know, we try to we try to design our section, um, just try to pull the the biggest stories from the uh, Associated Press Sports Department, um, whatever we think people are going to be interested in our readership area. Um, we'll have local stories. Um, we've had, uh, we had a couple of stories the other day about how all of this is going to affect um, high school football in the fall, um, especially if they don't have spring practices right now, which would impact that. So kind of something like that. Um, there's this big, um, Fellowship of Christian Athletes um, All-Star Weekend kind of that takes place, which people weren't sure if that was going to happen, but it looks like it is going to happen. But like with everything else, there's going to be no fans. So, I mean, it, right. the, whole, the whole coronavirus, I mean, it's not just your professional leagues, although that's, that's the biggest concern. But, I mean, it stretches all the way down to, it's to college, to your local level. I mean, even, even T-ball um, and, uh, you know, youth baseball, um, Little League is what I'm looking for. So. Uh, it's just, it's pretty, pretty remarkable, but um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're trying to stay busy. Um, every now and then we'll get a, a regular news story and we have to kind of remember what it's like to be regular news reporters and not sports guys, but um, can't complain, man. We're, uh, we're still, we're still working. No furloughs. Um, no one's been laid off anything like that. So uh, you gotta, gotta count your blessings. So as long as we're employed, I don't think anyone's really complaining. That's the truth. That's always good to hear. Well, awesome. Daniel, it's been, it's been great. Um, man, I don't know if this will be a draw for you or not, but our next episode's guest is the one and only Colin Weeder. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, y'all are, I hope y'all, y'all didn't think I talked too much, man. Colin Weeder, he will, uh, he might fill up an entire 45 minute podcast with just him. So, uh, <laughs> we'll just we just ask for one, one question. Yeah, yeah, just one, one question. question. <laughs> and then sit back. Oh yeah, no, Colin. Colin's a great guy. He is so much more knowledgeable than a lot of sports stuff than I am. So he'll get you some good stuff. You just might have to uh, to let him know. Hey, remember to uh, to breathe and uh, remember <laughs> to uh, to let us talk every now and then if that's okay. All right, guys, it has been great getting to talk a little baseball this episode. 
Um, like we just said and mentioned, um, next episode, we will talk some Big 12 sports, specifically football, and um, a little bit of Oklahoma with Colin Weeder, as that's where he is currently. So um, until next time, uh, have fun, be safe, and check out the rest of the Going For Two podcast. See ya. Today's artwork was done by Dominique Frazier. The intro was done by Scarlet Fox. The music you're listening to, Josh Cleveland. And the creator and editor and producer of the Winter Faith Podcast, yours truly, Andy Frazier. Well, you did it again. You spent your time listening to my show. You probably could have spent this time playing games or binging Game of Thrones on your phone. But instead, you spent it with me, so I thank you for your time. If you haven't already, downloaded and subscribed to the Winter Faith Podcast on Anchor. If you haven't already, please leave a review on iTunes with good, bad, or ugly feedback. Also, please consider supporting the show on Patreon for as little as $1 a month. However, I do accept Venmo, PayPal, Cash App, and any other way you want to contribute to the show financially. Okay, my commercials are done. Andy, out.